anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. All right, all right. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Peddling Fiction Podcast, Friday episode edition. I, of course, am your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, and back with me after a brief hiatus, due entirely to me, is Justin Hillbilly Boy Campbell. What's going on, man? Oh, nothing too much. Just trying to get through the work week. Yeah, yeah, this was... uh... Very interesting week for me. I will not be going into the details. I filled you in off air. I think, well, maybe the best the best way to uh, tease that would be become a supporting listener of the show. I had to cancel today's Friday, uh, Friday night happy hour. We will be having one next Friday, and I will fill in everybody on the incredible details of my past week. If you'd like to get in on that, you just have to go to peddlingfictionpodcast.com, click on the support the show tab link and set up a recurring monthly donation. Then you can get all the juicy details about what's been going on. And I can tell you it's the most unbelievable thing you can ever imagine. That's uh, that's the way I will put it. I'm still kind of in shock myself. Um, but from my perspective, everything is about as good as it can be. So um, that was my week. That's why there was no Tuesday show. And that's why there's no happy hour tonight. I have to uh, tie up so one more loose end with this and then should be in the clear. Anyway, because I've had such a weird week, I have not been keeping up with the news as much. Just the, getting the uh, the main gist of things, nothing too in-depth. So, Hillbilly Boy, what's been going on? What should we talk about today? Oh, there's been a handful of things. There were some uh, elections and votes that happened earlier in the week. Uh, I, maybe we should lead in with the uh, <clears throat> what's being touted is this massive win for all of the pro-choice crowd in the there was a constitutional amendment um, that was being put forward in Kansas to expand the state legislature's ability to change a current abortion law. And it it failed. It was voted down, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, It doesn't change current abortion law in Kansas. It just says that they... uh, can't remove the stipulations of for uh, in the event that the mother's life is at risk, rape, incest, like it can't take away all of the, okay, the all exemptions. Of 
Yeah, the protections for the pro-choice crowd. I think I did see uh, what's-her-face Pocahontas tweeting about that. I did catch a tweet from our favorite Indian politician. So she was very excited about that. Um, I still still can't figure out what they're so excited about because this doesn't expand abortion rights in the state of Kansas. Like, Kansas has pretty restrictive abortion rights, you know, based on – uh, it's not like it's not Texas or Mississippi, but it's 20 weeks and only only in the event of um, if it's going to be a risk to the mother, if the pregnancy is not viable, rape incest. And it has to have you have to have two doctors to you have to have two doctors say that it's necessary before they'll do it. Like there's there's a lot of there's a lot of restriction on it in Kansas. So this isn't some like big pro-choice win. It's not like, okay, this, this amendment got shot down. So now it's just a free for all. Everybody can get an abortion whenever they want. Like they're, they still have some pretty tight restrictions. Huh? Yeah. It's funny how far that the Overton window shifted on that one. Uh, you know, a year ago they would have been, you know, uh, picketing outside Kansas for their fucking brutal, inhumane abortion laws and now they're like well at least they're gonna give us these few breadcrumbs still although you know i i do see a lot of uh that's probably just the the opening that they need to exploit it if they have to um you know i mean the two doctor thing is nice but yeah like everyone's just gonna be raped now (laughs) there's gonna be an epidemic of rape in kansas although they've had like this for a while right yeah, that um, I can't remember what I think it was 1992. Kansas removed so prior to Roe versus Wade, Kansas had like a what would effectively be an, an abortion ban, and I believe it was in 1992 the state legislature removed that. So in the event, it, which is weird, I don't, I'm not really clear on why they do that. Like they removed the pre-row abortion ban, but they still had abortion restrictions. Um, I guess it was kind of like in the event that Roe gets overturned, then it doesn't go back to the way it was pre-row. It goes to basically nothing changes, which is uh, because every state has a certain level of restriction, even with Roe versus Wade having been in place. So it's a, it's an interesting situation. I, I've probably read and, and researched way too much on the on all of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, what uh, do you think this is going to have other implications throughout the country? Is this going to be a model for uh, other uh, other red states or I don't I don't see it. it um, the they put it to a public vote which is cool. I mean, that's the way it should be done. It shouldn't just, maybe I'm wrong in this. Uh, it shouldn't just be the state legislature that's making the decision. Um, like if you're going to make, especially on something like that, like if you're going to make constitutional amendment, like changes to your state's constitution, uh, then it should be put to a public vote. It shouldn't just be at the discretion of the state legislatures. But if you looked at the wording of this, of, of, of the amendment itself, it was fucking terrible. Like if you didn't know the entire background of it and hadn't read everything else around it, 
the wording was horrible. Uh, like whenever I read it, just just reading it with no research whatsoever, I'm like, yeah, that doesn't sound good. You should probably vote no on that. Like it it was the most piss poor wording of a of a constitutional amendment that you could imagine. I, like whoever on the Republican side came up with that should be carried out back and beat with a uh, rubber hose. Like that was just dumb. If you expected to get it done, that's not the way you get it done. Like yeah. be very clear and be very uh, like be very concise with the way you word this so that people understand what the fuck you mean by it. Yeah, especially all those in Kansas. Uh, <laughs> um, you think that was done intentionally so that they would strike it down? Maybe. It's hard to tell. I don't. So it's like I don't know. I, you know, I do really worry hard. about like when legislatures or or government officials like um like the Marcy's Law thing. Do you remember that was a big deal a few years ago? Um, um you have to fill me in on that. So Marcy's Law, uh, the wording on that one was terrible too. It was it was one of those things that it allowed your like if somebody had uh, raped or molested or whatever a person and then that they went to jail. Once they get out of jail, then it was about their uh, they could then not be on a registry and other stuff like there was some weird it was some weird stuff the the bill itself was terrible like it it set a lot of bad precedent but the way it was worded if you just read it it was like oh yeah that sounds like a good idea it's like no you have to like but you have to look into the basis of it and what it what it actually creates and um it was really really bad like it set a lot of really bad precedent and there were people who like pushed campaigns to say like, no, you have, you need to vote no on this. Like, this is what it says. And this is what you think that means, but that's not at all what that means. Like you have to dig into this bill and look at what it, what it really, uh, what's really in it and is really bad shit. But the way they word that stuff, it makes it seem a certain way from what it is. So I I do, um, I do have concerns about like, the way that they go about wording this stuff in state legislatures whenever they do put it to a public vote, because it seems to be worded in a very specific manner to get a reaction that like just a natural reaction. Like when you read something, you're like, Oh, that's, that's terrible. Or, Oh, that sounds really good. But you have to actually dig into it to figure out that it's not. Yeah. Well, they've done it. They've done a great job of, of uh, manipulating the legislative process into uh, just bamboozling people that aren't really paying attention and who has time to pay attention to all of these fucking bills that that they put forth they give it you know they give it this innocent seeming title you know uh the inflation reduction act or something like that and then it's just you know chock full of bullshit government spending pork barrel spending things that are completely unrelated it's sh- like the, the fact that they there's no there's no truth in legislation is absolutely ridiculous. And I remember years ago when I think it was Rand Paul put forth a like read the bill act. <laughs> it's like they had to actually read the bills before they voted on them and it got fucking shot down. It's it's re- it's unbelievable. Like, how could you be able to vote on something when you haven't read it? Did you see speaking of reading the bill and, uh, you know, calling back to the intro? 
with Nancy Pelosi's famous, uh, we have to pass the bill so we can find out what's in it. Mm-hmm. Did you hear her talking about, um, I think it was the chips bill with the, the bird bath and, uh, and some sort of scrub. Like she was talking about all of the, all of the bullshit that goes into the bill. And then, and then they, they like deliberately put all this bullshit into a bill so that in the negotiation process, they can take some of this stuff yeah, out of, they can, this out. We'll take yeah, they out. can take all this out and make these compromises, but it's all bullshit. Like none of it. It's, it's, yeah. it's the game that they're playing and which the way that she was explaining it uh, in that clip, she she sounds completely deranged and and it's fucking hilarious but but uh, when you get down to the nuts and bolts of it, what she was talking about was like the way that they uh they put all this fluff in these bills so that when it goes to the floor and they debate it then they can remove all these things that nobody gives a single solitary shit about anyway and then at the end of it they get the bill that they wanted it's- right and if they don't take it out it's like hey i got a little extra a little extra bullshit in there that I can uh, tout to my constituents or something. It's fucking despicable. And that's why we just have the rule here. Whatever the title of the bill is, it does the exact opposite, which is, I mean, you can feel free to extrapolate that to all of government. Whatever they they say they're going to do, they accomplish the opposite. Um, Just you'll be much better off assuming that than uh, believing them any of them farther than you can throw them with the exception of like literally three people maybe in like the history uh, of my lifetime that I can think of like a Thomas Massey, a Rand Paul, a Ron Paul. <laughs> like those are the only ones that I would actually kind of take at, uh, at face value. The rest of them I think are fucking scum. I, I Yeah. What Rand Paul, Massey, I don't who's the other one <laughs> there's not many that I, I would put yeah, any I, level of trust in yeah oh I, there is there is a, the brilliant Matt Getz did you see the clip of Matt Getz where uh, he was talking about the abortion the pro-abortion activists and effectively he called them ugly <laughs> and and the the chick that was interviewing him said <laughs> Don't you think that's offensive? He said, be mad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I missed that one. That that sounds great, though. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's always like the the feminists, the hardcore feminists are the ugliest ones. Like, yeah, because all the beautiful women are getting, you know, put up on pedestals. You never see them lift five pounds over their head. (laughs) I'd be angry, too. They want everybody to be as miserable as them. Uh, Lena, Lena Dunham said that she hasn't had an abortion, but she wishes that she had, uh, probably because nobody will fuck her. Speaking of hideous things. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> well, if, if anybody actually ever did, um, you'd probably want her to get the abortion, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Eat that day after pill on hand. <laughs> oh. Crunch it up and put it in her fucking mochiata, this low fat goat milk bullshit, whatever. Oh, <laughs> so in, in other um, sexual related news, we've got the 
uh, monkeypox epidemic. That's <laughs> yes. Well, so, I heard you're not supposed to generalize. Anybody can get it. Um, you know, it's just like AIDS. And we're all at equal risk. <laughs> it, it, it really is the, it, it's the modern day AIDS scare. Like it's, they're like, yeah, about 40 years has passed. We can, we can run out AIDS round two. Let's, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's monkey in the name too. It really is just, uh, I don't know what it is about the, uh, the gay community and these fucking diseases that run rampant through them. Um, this one, I mean, I get like, this one is more just like, sort of like a contact, like a skin contact thing. Is that how, that's how it's transmitted. So like technically it doesn't have to be like a sexually transmitted thing. So it's, it has been the way that they're trying to generalize it and make it seem like it's not exclusively an STD type of a thing is that it is, it can be spread through more general contact it doesn't have to be exclusively bodily fluids um but it has to be like a the thing that they don't mention is it has to be like a prolonged contact like you're not gonna you're not gonna have like a casual conversation with somebody for a minute or so and a little bit of spittle goes back and forth and now you're getting monkeypox. like it it requires some prolonged contact um so like (laughs) that's that's good to know so that when i get hit on at the bar here by all the gay guys i don't have to immediately run for the exit right (laughs) that's that's right you can socialize for about 30 to 45 seconds be friendly and then move on you don't you don't have to just immediately bolt excellent excellent yeah i'm surprised it hasn't taken off like wildfire down here because it's very gay friendly around these parts and it's a lot of like americans and canadians I know it, it, we've declared an emergency in the U.S., of course. Uh, I saw that uh, Governor uh, Pritzker in Illinois decided that to declare a state of emergency, and the Biden administration as well, nationwide. So, yeah, you know, we get to look forward to some more emergency powers. I'm sure this is going to work out splendidly San, for everybody. San Francisco declared an emergency, uh, and then go figure and then uh like immediately some organization planned a monkeypox super spreader like big gay orgy uh in san francisco so and the media was mortified i'm sure I, I i think they actually celebrated it and said that it was a, a great thing uh, so brave. yeah stunning and brave so it's you can't uh you can't expect gay people to stop having orgies and stop having sex and and do anything to to mitigate the spread of this that that is uh, homophobic or something if you even suggest such a thing like it's it's your personal health decision and if you want to take the risk of getting monkeypox then that's your deci- that's your choice and we should all just let you make your own decision about your risk yeah yeah well, funny how it. that funny how that messaging has changed over just a course of a couple of years yeah well it's it's a tough one because you got to think that like the main, one of the main benefits to being gay is all the the huge gay orgies you can have like at whenever you want, but you always have to navigate these waters where, you know, first it was HIV and now it's monkey pot. Now they have like, it sounds like they got a hold on the AIDS thing. Like they got the, 
the pills that you take like preemptively or something every month. And so they got that under control, but now you got this other landmine you have to sidestep. It's almost as if someone is trying to tell them something. <laughs> something perhaps from above. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, higher power is trying to let you know that this might not be the well how come it's not i mean it's like 95 percent gay men right it's not gay women that are getting this 98 98 yeah all right even yeah but how come women don't get it are they monogamous i have no idea i i'm sure i feel like they'd be doing a lot more rubbing together you know I don't know. <laughs> this is out of my wheelhouse. I don't yeah. know. All I know is the WA. So, so there's been this big, like, in the U.S., nobody would make a move to suggest that maybe you should do something to mitigate the risk. Uh, I guess it's like that's homophobic or whatever if you do that. Well, the WHO has actually recommended that gays and bisexual men limit their sexual partners to reduce the spread of monkeypox. This came out, uh, I think today, actually. About 99% of cases among men and at least 95% of patients uh, who are men are gay or bisexual. uh, And... (laughs) So, so the WHO has officially recommended that maybe you should limit your partner. Did they so, have they defined what a man is? Because I got to tell you, I'm not so sure these days. Yeah, it, it's really funny when they, you know, when when science meets this like retarded um, postmodern gender fluidity horseshit that's been going around and they can't like (laughs) like you want to make like concrete recommendations but at the same time you don't want to offend the the crazy people that are going to go ballistic on you for singling out an actual uh the the sex of the person uh at risk there there was a story that came out a month or so ago about a trans female or a trans woman who was concerned about finding a doctor who could provide the correct care in the event of uh, needing abortion or having a period and all of this stuff. Like, um, you still got your twig and giggleberries. You don't have to worry about any of these things. Like, just find a doctor who can treat a man and move on like uh, why is this a big deal yeah and if i if it were me i'd say find a doctor that you can talk to about your psychological issues you uh, don't maybe need maybe it's not a physical problem every time uh maybe there's and maybe we shouldn't be enabling um people to just start removing body parts because of something that they feel well, see, and I, I don't that I don't know that I've seen any numbers on uh, monkeypox in the trans community. Like it seems to be exclusively gay and bisexual men. Yep. It's like ninety nine percent of the men who have it are gay or bisexual. Or the this is the weirdest definition that I've seen come out is it's it's men who have sex with other men. It's not. 
they're not gay they're they're men yeah. who have sex with other men yeah so, well, maybe they're just experimenting for a while <laughs> well I, I think all of the cases where uh women have gotten it it was because they're <laughs> they're either bisexual or otherwise closeted husband was attending <laughs> these orgies and then and then having sex with their wives and then their wives end up getting it from the from the husband who's Ooh. been going to these orgies that's a tough one to to deal with when you get your wife like what the fuck is this how'd i get monkeypox? yeah uh well didn't think this is how we'd have that conversation but well so there, there is a vaccine for this right an actual vaccine yes did, and did i did i hear this right like in new york i think i forget who was saying this but you have to get um they're not just giving it out to anybody you have to be admittedly a gay guy going to orgies there's, or having having like multiple anonymous partners there's a screening process for it like you you have to be oh, gay or you have basically you have to be a gay or bisexual man who has a certain number of partners and like they you have to meet some uh some criteria to to qualify to get the monkeypox vaccine and I, i've heard some stuff about it it doesn't sound like it's very pleasant like it's not it's not like the uh, the COVID shot where it's just you know a little jab in the arm. Like this is similar to, it's similar to like a smallpox vaccine. Uh, it's like it's a series of shots, and apparently it's pretty brutal. Uh, at least if, if what I've read about it is correct, I don't. I, I'm as likely to get this as I am to get the COVID shot. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How long has this uh, vaccine been in existence? Do we know? So I think this one has actually been a, been around for a while. It's a like I said, it's it's a variation of the smallpox vaccine, and monkeypox has been fairly prevalent in Africa for a number of years. Like uh, whenever this first started happening back in May, and the WHO was talking about how it had the potential to become uh, like a an emergency. All these doctors in Africa were saying, we've been dealing with this for years. It's been a fucking emergency here for a decade and y'all won't do anything about it. Like it, once it gets off the continent, then it's a problem. Like we we've been dealing with this for a long time. Like the, in Africa is what they're, the doctors in Africa were like pissed off about it. And is it is it gay men in Africa, too? Or is it? OK. Uh, I think it's I think it spreads a little more prevalently in the areas where that's happening in Africa because it's um I, I guess you wouldn't define any of them as gay they're all men who have sex with men oh. and then everything else that moves so oh man it's so funny to watch them like roll out these like really specific criteria for getting the for getting the the vaccine but at the same time, they're being like, we can't generalize, even though it's 98% of this very specific population. This is a national emergency. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I guess if you went by like, if you had the the worldview of like Netflix, where 40 to 65% of the population is gay, then yes, this could be a national emergency. <laughs> but it's like, dude, these numbers are so fucking skewed. But every every Netflix show, every movie on fucking Netflix, all the pop culture, it's always like there's at least like 30 percent of the people in the show are gay. Yeah, it's 
crazy. Like, I guess there have been some stats that say, uh, like, younger kids in, like, high school and college age um, are now up – I think it's, like, up to – yeah, we went over 20. that. Yeah, remember when we went over that chart or that survey uh, like a month or two ago with the, each generation? It's like doubling the amount of people that consider themselves like LGBT plus. Yeah, uh, all the uh, the alphabet soup of of uh, gender identity. It's, yeah. yeah, it's getting pretty outrageous. I don't. It's uh, I don't know. I, I'm not sure what the to make of it. It seems like a. Uh, in most situations, it seems like a like a cry for help. I don't know. It's weird. Well, and it's like it. I don't think it's like homophobic to be like, don't attend like anonymous sex parties. I just feel like that's probably pretty good life advice for everybody. Don't go to like orgies with a bunch of people you don't know and have a bunch of like unprotected sex with random people all the time. See, that's the problem. They got AIDS under control and people stopped being scared of it. And now sexually transmitted diseases are running rampant again because everybody's like forging it up. And we need a we need a good fear mongering campaign to get people to return to uh, conservative Christian values and monogamy. Yeah, I wonder how this is going to be taught in schools, because I remember when I was growing up, it was always like AIDS was the big the big fear tactic that they would they would kind of give you in in the sex ed class and they even had like some guy come and like we had like an assembly and he was talking about having aids and everything and it was like it was never even like discussed that this is like eh, pretty much only this one section of the, the community has to worry about this uh, i know that i mean we both came up in that same generation where like you were almost positive that you were going to get aids somehow like somebody yeah. was somebody was going to like deliberately give you AIDS or something bad was going to happen and you were going to get AIDS. Like you, you couldn't trust anybody ever to have sex with anybody because you might get AIDS. Like, yeah, that was, that was the takeaway message from like my sex ed classes in government schools. <laughs> it's like, you better be careful. You better use yeah. protection because you could get AIDS wrap your dick in a trash bag before you stick it in anything because you are definitely going to get AIDS otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle this one. Um, I'm sure that it'll be pretty much similar messaging because they're, it, it seems like the, well, the impression I get of the way it's being taught now in school is that it's very like LGBTQ plus whatever focused. That seems to be the main focus of the class now. Yeah, everything is, um, at least in big cities. Like, we don't see it a lot rurally. I've, I ask my kids about what their teachers talk about and stuff like that. And uh, it's not happening in a lot of these rural schools and stuff, which which is good. I mean, that kind of emphasizes something that I've been pitching for a couple of years is get the fuck out of cities, get get out rural and, and get away from other people. Cause, uh, the, the high density population centers are pretty fucked. Hey guys, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Lorenzotti coffee. 
You know them well by now. They are our oldest and longest running sponsor. We love these guys. We love their premium Italian coffee that they deliver right to your door. So do yourself a favor. Get your morning started right with the taste of freedom. Go to lorenzotti.coffee and use promo code FICTION so they know I sent you. And you'll get 10% off your order. That's Lorenzotti, L-O-R-E as in Edward, N is in Nancy, Z is in Zebra, O-T-T-I dot coffee, promo code Fiction. Get all of your coffee and coffee supplies from these guys. And not only are they fans of the show, but they've gone above and beyond the call of duty as a sponsor. So go order some coffee, order an espresso machine, get a coffee grinder, do it all at Lorenzotti.coffee, promo code Fiction. All right. Yeah, get the fuck out of those cities, particularly Chicago. It's a goddamn shithole. It just keeps getting worse. No, I'm not kidding. Uh, no, move to Chicago and buy my condo. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> There's an open house on it tomorrow, so we'll see. But it does look like there's uh, there's some interest in renting it if it doesn't sell it at my my price. So one way or another, I think I'll be all right. But yeah, it's weird. You know, uh, Chicago does have like neighborhoods that have a a sense of community where people are a lot closer, but it's not like in the main, you know, uh, downtown loop area or anything like that. It's, it's usually off either like on the South side or the West side. There's like these uh, older neighborhoods where it's like, you know, it used to be all Italians or that neighborhood's Irish. And, you know, that's the Polish neighborhood. Like those guys, they always know each other a lot there's a, a much bigger sense of community there but yeah the the really urban areas it's i i don't know it's just there there is no there's no sense of community there's no uh you don't really care for the people around you as, like like you should because you don't really know it's impossible to know everybody there's just way too many people and i think that uh I know the government likes it. It sort of thrives off of that because it, it, you you know, when you don't know a lot of the people, you sort of have this tendency to push the, the responsibility onto another entity and government's there. They're like, Hey, yeah, we'll, we'll steal somebody else's money and take care of all those problems for you. Absolutely. (sighs) Yeah. It's, um, I don't know. I, I have lived in a city for a brief period of time and I literally didn't know anybody. Uh, we've lived here within a few weeks of living here. I knew everybody in this little community and like they drive by and we wave at each other. They'll stop and we'll talk. And they, they come over and they play with the goats. Like you, hmm. you, just, you know, people when you, when you live out, out away from people, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, even in, you know, the suburbs uh, where I grew up, you you knew everybody on your street, at least, and you would, you know, depend on them for things, you know, to get your mail when you're out of town or babysit or borrow a cup of sugar or something like that. Uh, in the city, it was it was nothing like that. Uh, speaking of my like, I know the person that lived like right next to me and I would exchange pleasantries with them if I saw them in the hall or something. But that was about it. Um, everybody else in the hall, I didn't really know. Um, 
didn't really want to know them either. It's kind of, sort of like a weird situation when you're living that close to people. Um, I don't know. For, for a while, there was uh, the person on the other side of me. I thought they might have been dead because like their fucking smoke detector battery was dead, like off. And so it was just like beeping constantly. It was driving me nuts. I kept like calling management. I'm like, can you send, send somebody up there to change the fucking battery? Because it's driving me crazy. But uh, yeah, I knocked on their door a few times. No answer. I guess I don't know if they had left or maybe it was like a rental that wasn't being rented i don't know anyway what? anything else going on in the news i'm trying to think if if there were any other big headlines this week i mean nancy uh, pelosi went to taiwan Brittany uh, griner's gonna, gonna do nine years in a russian prison yeah, yeah there there have been some of the absolute worst uh legal takes ever imaginable uh, rolling around twitter after this everybody com- uh, mostly from the left comparing the russian judicial system to the american judicial system and talking about the um, britney griner is another example of systematic racism or something i don't know it's like <laughs> yeah yeah like if i tried to go into russia with a bunch of weed they wouldn't throw me in prison course not it's like it's like dude first of all like was she entering or exiting entering okay yeah so i mean you're going into a country that we're basically at war with we don't have good relations you are some but like you're not famous enough to be like i you know i'm lebron james you can just let this slide but you are kind of big enough where they can make a good, a great example of you. And I'm sure Putin has this enormous shit eating grin on his face right now. Cause he's just le- like loving this. Right. It's like, it's not like it's, uh, it's not like this is putting the Russian people out or anything. Like there's no, there's no negative consequence of this for Russia. Uh, in fact, they, what was it? Uh, the U.S. tried to offer a trade of. Uh, I th- we may have talked about this on the last episode. The uh, the Merchant of Death or whatever the arms dealer, the Russian arms dealer. Yeah. Uh, so the U.S. tried to offer a trade of giving giving him back to to Russia in exchange for Brittany Griner and and a Marine that they're holding, and Russia was and Russia was just like, nah, we're keeping them. Thanks though. Yeah, well, they're they're probably getting all these arms indirectly from everything we're shipping over to fucking Ukraine. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, yeah, it's unbelievable. Man, I never understood why people want to take the risk uh, of bringing weed uh, in, like, into an airport or into another. Co- like, dude, just it's fucking weed. First of all, you could probably get it just about anywhere. And also, like, I don't know. I just I never understood that the risk reward there is just non-existent for me. And it's not like it's her first time in Russia. Uh, so <laughs> the hilarious part of this whole story is the fact that um, WNBA stars go and play women's basketball in Russia during the off season, because they actually make more money playing in Russia than they do playing in the WNBA. Uh, so it's not like this is her first rodeo. Like she's done this before she shouldn't be aware of what the the rules are over there like um yeah and i mean we, we uh 
And I think, I don't know, we might've been joking about it off air, ironically, last Friday, uh, about that show Locked Up Abroad. You know, yeah, where yeah. Like, you hear these horror stories about somebody like smuggling drugs into another country and you end up in like the worst fucking prison imaginable. Now, I, I'm I, you know, I don't know what kind of uh, treatment she's getting over there, but yeah, like you don't want to know how the rest of the world does fucking prison. The U.S. is is pretty cushy compared to compared to a lot of the fucking uh, prisons you could be in in like Guatemala or El Salvador or some shit <laughs> like I, that's um I mean that's one of the things that you you know with you being in Mexico that's one of the things you hear is like the Mexican prison horror stories and stuff <laughs> like yeah you know, like the, isn't that shouldn't that be your number one fear when you're traveling abroad is like I do not want to do anything that's gonna result in me ending up in a prison especially if you're you know, if you're like in England or France or somewhere like that, like it's probably not going to be too bad. But yeah. like, if you're in if you're in Eastern Europe or Russia or like any South American country uh, or, you know, Central American country, you don't want to end up in one of these prisons. Like, that's, yeah. yeah, that should be your like, number one priority It's like have yeah. fun. Don't go to jail. And realize like, okay, here, like, here's what could go wrong. If I have one piece of advice to all of the listeners out there, consider the worst case scenario. Uh, I usually am pretty good with that, but you know, sometimes even like the craziest uh, things in your wildest dreams, you would never imagine would happen. And those things fucking happen. And man, you could, you could find yourself in a very, very uh, vulnerable position. I remember there was a, I think it was that show White Collar. I used to love that show on USA original series where they're, they're going to break into like the Italian consulate to steal something. And the guy's like, I don't want to end up in like an Italian prison. And he's like, Oh, don't worry. It's just like an Italian prison. It's not like so-and-so what other bumblefuck country. And he's like, Oh, the Italians do prison just fine. Ask Galileo. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, man, you got to be really careful. And st- I mean, like when you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. And I'm sorry, like I don't feel bad for somebody that's like bringing weed into a fucking country like this day and age. Like my argument is for whatever we may think of the uh, the legal process and the judicial process and the judicial system in the U.S., and whether or not we think weed should be legal, which I think it absolutely should be. I don't think anybody who's currently in jail for marijuana charges should be in jail. If there if there was no violent offense or anything like that, like if you just had possession or trying to sell whatever, they should definitely be out. That's not that's not a reason to keep somebody in jail. But at the same time, if you're traveling in a foreign country, like that's their business. That's not mine. And you should probably do everything you can to stay within uh, within within the law when you're somewhere else, like you're not a, if you're not, especially if you're not a citizen, like, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're probably not going to get treated well (laughs) to say the least. And yeah, I mean, the, the funny thing is we have people in our prison system in America for the same type of uh, the same type of violation, probably got more than nine years. And, uh, you know, just because we've become more liberal on it um, in recent, you know, the recent last like 10 years or so. But, um, yeah, there's probably people that got busted for weed possession 
12, 15 years ago, still sitting in fucking prison somewhere. Uh, and wh- who is the guy that set up the, the website? Was it uh, Albright? Albright? Yeah, Ross Albright. All he yeah. did was set up a website where people could do basically whatever they wanted to do without having to worry about um, you. It, yeah, I mean, it was kind of a black market site, but it was it was like he just set up a website for people to be able to um, make exchanges. Commerce? Yeah, yeah. Without the government's involvement, and we we saw how much they liked that. He got like what three consecutive life sentences or something. Or oh something yeah, hey, he's he's never getting out of jail. Yeah, yeah. So they like to make an example of uh, people that that go out on the limb, so that others don't follow and. I don't know. Maybe this. I don't know much about the Russian judicial system. I don't know if this is fair treatment, unfair treatment. I, you know, it just—it's not a good idea to uh, be bringing drugs of any kind across borders. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. It's not because you're black. I know that. It's the only thing I know. That's yeah. It's because and, you're stupid. <laughs> and there are people who have said that it's probably been. Uh, ramped up because of the tensions between the u.s and russia going on which i mean that was going on well before she got on a plane to travel over there so you know if in that climate maybe you should make sure that you're you know dotting your i's and crossing your t's and not doing anything especially being a very public figure like um you are squarely in the crosshairs for to be made an example of in the event that something happens, they get to play politics with you with your life on the line. And these people are fucking narcissistic psychopaths. They don't give a shit about you. They will happily lock you up for the rest of your life. If they score like even the smallest amount of political points, or even if they don't get points, they just get satisfaction out of uh, making Biden look bad or something. They'll do it. Yeah. They don't give a shit. A human life. What's, What's human life? How many people do they, I mean, consistently murder year in and year out just on uh, carpet bombing sandboxes in the Middle East? Like they, they don't give a shit about human life. <laughs> yeah, no, of course not. And I mean, it. unfortunately, a lot of people don't realize that they hear these politicians talk. They hear all like the the meaningless platitudes that they they throw out there and they believe it. And they, they get behind these politicians like they're somebody to look up to, somebody that cares about them and their feelings and their well-being. And man, dude, if you step out of line, <laughs> uh, you know, then they get the opportunity to use you uh, for their own political gain. They will absolutely do that. And maybe that's what this was. I don't know. But you put yourself in a really bad situation. Worst, like worst case scenario is probably what is what just happened to her best case scenario. It's like, I don't know. Like, aren't you like stressed out the entire time until you get through fucking security and the airport. It's just like, yeah, I I don't know We're we only have uh, so many days on this earth. It's very unpleasant to spend them worried about whether or not you're going to get fucking popped by a foreign government and thrown in prison because you decided to bring some weed or any other fucking drug with you. Um, yeah. And I mean, at the end of the day, it's all a politics is all a numbers game to them. Like, like we said, you know, they don't value human life. Like, I mean, look at the, the vaccine stuff that's going on here in the U S with, uh, well, I mean, it's across the globe with the, 
the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines and, and side effects and stuff. Like what's a couple hundred thousand people on the scale of millions and to them, you know, like if they can, if they can push the right buttons and get their base fired up, what's it matter if, a, you know, a few tens of thousands of people die from adverse side effects, they push the right buttons and they got their base ramped up. So that the next time around they get to, they get to use that momentum to, to push them forward. Like it, I mean, you weighing the numbers of that is really interesting. It's like, you know, the, the analogy, do you, uh, do you kill the one to save a million? Like they, they don't care about, they don't care about those. And they are calculating, you know, I I wonder how much, if I had to guess, I think she'll probably be home by Christmas. I I think maybe, maybe Putin's just going to, leave this out there for until the midterms are over or something. So Biden will fucking eat it. And then, and then they'll work something out and she'll be home by Christmas. All right. It, they'll use it as some sort of a play to get some of the sanctions lifted or something like, yeah. like we can all get along if y'all just quit being assholes. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely going to be used as a political tool down the road. They'll, I I don't think they have any desire to actually make her spend nine full years in prison. <laughs> yeah. So in, in that sense, she's very lucky that she like if this was just a regular person, like a regular American citizen that didn't play basketball, they'd be fucked. Like you'd have to you'd have to have like parents with deep pockets or somebody that could get in the ear of an influential politician to start fucking negotiations on this front. Otherwise, you're you know. You're kind of up uh, Shit's Creek. Anything else for today? Huh? No, I think that's kind of been, yeah. been a slow news week, I, honestly. Yeah, it seemed like a slow news week. Uh, not for me. We can look at the we can look at the jobs report numbers and talk about that stuff on Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, we'll tease that. I mean, it looks really fishy. <laughs> looks like we're not the only ones peddling fiction around here. Um, so yeah, the, the jobs reports that every fucking bullshit politician and economist is coming out and saying that we're not in recession because of these jobs numbers. Uh, there's something really fishy going on with these numbers here. So, uh, we, we will, uh, dig into that over the weekend and probably, yeah, deal with that on Tuesday. Like I said, no, uh, no happy hour tonight. We'll, we'll do a makeup one next week. Uh, you got anything to plug? I will be going live with uh, a buddy of mine, Trey 50 Daniel and Kyle Matovic on Sunday morning at 8 a.m. Central. We are going to be talking about the culture war and why it is so very necessary to win that going forward. All right. So, uh, yeah, have a nice weekend, everybody. Stay safe. Don't be smuggling drugs into other countries. And um, always consider the worst possible scenario for anything that you're doing. And until that, uh, until Tuesday, you guys know the drill. Just keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace. Peace.